0: After the year 2020, the Spoiler Room crew thought things were going to cool down, but they are just heating up. Cannon fodder. We're in the shit now. Listen in as this elite group of cinema special forces take on an army of cannon group films.
1: What the hell are we watching? I don't know. I can't take my eyes off it.
0: Prepare yourself for urban action. Kung fu action. Action, action. There will be car chases, ninja, and of course, movie spoilers in... Cannon Fodder. Happy Fodder's Day. Hello everyone, welcome to the spoiler room. Yes, thank you for venturing down the stairs, pulling up a chair, and joining us with your favorite drink as we talk movies and spoil the hell out of them. And tonight, we are finishing up our Ninja Cannon Fodder Trilogy with the last film in the Cannon Trilogy. And boy, is it a film, folks. Ninja 3 The Domination from 1984. And I've got a great crew assembled with me tonight to talk this. Back in the spoiler room from Parts Unknown, she joins us once again. It is an honor to have her back. It is none other than Kara from Horror Retrospective. Hello, Kara. How are you?
2: Doing good. Glad to be back.
0: (laughs) Glad to have you back. And I will say, considering, you know, the movies I I, I watch on your channel of what you review that, I am... I was kind of surprised you picked this till I actually watched it. And then I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Oh, this actually kind of fits in that, in that vein of movies. So, so glad. It makes
2: sense why she knows what this
0: is. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. Cause no, no offense. I didn't take you for really a canon fan. So I'm just like, huh. And then, uh, and then I, after I watched it, I'm like, ah, okay. We, we definitely see why.
1: <laughs> I do have to ask, I do have to ask the question of Kara. uh, do you know this? Do you know the other Ninja movies, or is it like <laughs> this one has horror elements, so you, you know what it is, but you don't care about the other ones?
2: Truth be told, I've never seen the other two. Mm-hmm. To my understanding, they're not really uh, tied storylines; they're just sequels no. and names, so it doesn't really yeah. hurt if you miss one or don't watch the other two.
0: <laughs> they, they only right. they only have one web ah, web connecting them. Only one. And it's a line of dialogue, which we will definitely be mentioning
1: today. If that line of dialogue involves the word ninja, that's the barest of threads. That are. is.
0: That is a, it's a bare thread, but it's a thread. It's wafer thin. It's like a two pound test line.
1: But, uh, and Shokasugi is in all of them. And Shokasugi is in all of them. So that's another connection. And yes, they use the same Chinese restaurant style font for the opening credits. They do. Um,
0: (laughs) Same font as well. So that look at how many threads you're coming up with. And yes, those dulcet tones, folks, is my right hand man. And man who keeps taking this journey with me. I don't know. He keeps just I I don't know why he keeps he's got the the full access. But Mr. Ian Simmons. Hello, sir.
1: Hey, it's uh, you you know, you're like Brian Adams. You keep me coming back for more. Wow. All that I want. (laughs) Wow i'm i'm really not
0: sure how to
2: take this is heaven
1: that, that, yes but it is not the summer of 69 i want to clarify that no. i am happily married <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: well you know uh... yes i do i i'm not interested mark oh
2: uh-huh. <laughs> But he's so refined with that
0: glass of wine. Thank you. Thank you. I even had my pinky up. See, my wife, my wife is, (laughs) she hasn't refined my taste in films, but uh, she did get me to drinking wine because she works at a winery. So there you go. Ah. I don't think I knew that. That's really cool. Yeah, she does. Actually, she's been working there for a number of years. We have it in downtown Stevens Point. A wonderful little winery um, that does a lot of, uh, makes a lot of good wines. So, and I, I like some, so not a lot, but some. Uh, not as a connoisseur as her, but hey, you know, uh, I got to drinking coffee too, so <laughs> many years ago when I would never drank it. So, always open to new things. And new things we have <laughs> with tonight's movie, Ninja the Domination. And, Kara, I would love to hear your synopsis for... Because <laughs> I know where Ian would have gone with it. He was like, cannon shits the bed. There you go. But... <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I would love to hear your, your synopsis of uh, Ninja 3 The Domination
2: uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be off the mark especially because I'm not sure if it's understood that this is the same Ninja throughout all three films but,
1: no, but my it, first critique you don't have to worry is he's it.
2: not very stealthy so <laughs> that's why he dies <laughs> And then he just possesses this telephone worker slash aerobics instructor. And it's just crazy nonsense from there on out.
0: <laughs> it is. It is. It is so wild. I, I had not seen this one uh, for sure. I knew I did. see uh, One of the other sides said bits and bits and pieces. I had never seen this one and going into it. I'm like, okay. And like, yeah, Ian, we've talked about the opening sequence of the last two films. And the opening sequences to the last two films, one were epic and two introduced us to the hero. But not as the case with this one, is it? Yeah.
1: No, but I I'll start off the bat. I, you know, you have described the opening sequences as epic. Okay. You know, I I was, I was not said. impressed with the opening of <laughs> Enter the Ninja. Ninja, uh, Revenge of the Ninja, I thought, had a better opening, mm. but this opening was amazing. I mean, I, this is like, <laughs> like you could honestly watch the opening of this film and maybe a select five minutes in other parts and then get kind of the general feel for everything this has to offer. But it's so ridiculous and over the top and so inexplicable. This guy goes into a cave, uncovers a giant rock cooler, and there's like <laughs> glowing ninja weapons inside he pulls them out all of a sudden he's in full ninja regalia and then he's on the run from the authorities and they all gun him down like robocop style but he kills like 80 people in the opening like five minutes of this movie before getting himself you know pretty much killed i I couldn't believe what i was watching and i loved every second of it
0: it is it is epic in a different way but we're not being introduced to our hero is where I was going
1: with it but uh well hmm He's yeah never- that's that's I was going to try and make some kind of connection with the whole possession thing but no that didn't that hadn't happened yet really this is not the hero no he the if
0: if there was an element in there for it it got
1: cut <gasps> unless unless <laughs> I don't think the ninja's is are actually named so his name could have been hero that's
0: true that's very true <laughs>
2: Cara, I don't know. That, last, that last last intro just makes the intro to this one sound more like a soggy outturned sock <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is what a good chunk of this plot ended up going though um it it is wild car. what do you think of this opening sequence? I mean there's some wild stunts and things going on, whether they make a lick of sense or not, I'm not sure, but how'd you feel with this opening sequence? <laughs>
2: It's more the little golf cart that I was laughing at. It's they're trying to drive away. He's lifting the thing up and they're like, drive, drive. It's like, just get out.
1: (laughs) I, you know, that's the thing is like, we see these, like the people who are in the golf cart, we see them in the opening, kind of like doing something with other people in a big fancy limo where they're like getting out of the car. And then we see them on the golf cart, but there's no like, context i don't think we're ever given context Mm -hmm. for who these people are or (laughs) why they deserve to die so horribly they just are and then the cops show up and then it turns out that the the ninja i guess just wants revenge against the cops who murdered him and eventually takes possession of this telephone worker as you mentioned kara but usually in these kinds of movies it's a it's a vengeance that the audience can get behind but in this case it's just like this evil ninja spirit getting revenge on the people that killed the body it possessed i'm like that that's one of the reasons i couldn't quite hook into this thing i'm like why do I, why do i care if cuz it's not clear to me that these cops were crooked but every time there's like a flashback you're like i guess they're bad cuz they were doing their jobs <laughs> and protecting the golf course from uh, homicidal ninjas
2: it's it's just more like very elementary school you hurt me so i'm going to hurt you back
1: yeah Yeah,
0: that's the tough part is it's it's tough to get behind him because we're not given the context for the opening murder. We know this guy is something because he's got Goombas with him, this guy in the golf cart that he eventually kills because he's got four henchmen with him that get annihilated, and then he gets killed by the ninja. And later on, there's a line of dialogue mentioned literally in passing that, well, he killed a scientist, and that's all. They It just... (laughs) That's okay. it. We we don't know why the scientist was getting, you know some context at least with the other two openings the wild shit that we see happen is given at least some context. In the first one it was a training it was him it was Nero proving himself to be a ninja. In the second one it was a warring clan with our hero uh Yosugi, you know, who was leaving uh, and he left for America. So you got at least some context. But here we get he killed a scientist. And that's that's it.
1: We don't know. Well, what. on top of that, we, yeah, we don't know how he killed the scientist. He could have run over a scientist with his car. Like it could have been a car accident or he could have had someone murdered. I mean, we're just left to assume because he's surrounded by people. He's got personal security. And, you know, we, the first time we see him is kind of at night and like looks like there's something shady going on. But I need more than that especially because we don't ever really get a full answer you know throughout the entire film i just kept thinking why do i care but it was kind of upsetting to me because like the the woman he was with in the golf cart the ninja just goes and like horribly slices her up too and we've seen that in kind of these other movies but it's always established that those are like the bad guys doing stuff to like innocent people right in this, it's just a ninja attacking what look like innocent people on the golf course, but there's no relation to a protagonist who's been introduced. Mm-hmm. It's not like the phone worker like, oh, that was her dad and you know, stepmom or something. <laughs> it's just these rando people that were never given any information about.
0: Well, and it's just like the cops. If there would have been some kind of element thrown in that there's corruption in the police force that maybe was tied to the scientist guy he offed. Which is where I thought they were going to go with it because they, you know, they gun him down. But no, he's the main ninja we follow is the bad guy. Well, and bad woman, eventually. Um, This guy doesn't go down. Holy. Like, he, like, takes, like, 40 rounds point blank, does ninja hiding under the sand and still has energy to start, you know, running away and then doing stunts where he hops on top of a car and smashes. (laughs) It's
1: insane. It's insane. This whole opening. I, you know, I thought at least they were going to do something where, because you're right, he gets shot at point blank range. And and these cops, they're bringing out like every weapon known to man. I mean, it really is like the, (laughs) like the Murphy murder and Robocop, but I was just waiting for them to be shooting at him. Like, two feet away and then it reveals that they're actually just shooting each other because he moves his body so quickly that the bullets aren't actually hitting him they're hitting the other people but no and then he throws the smoke bomb to like disappear it, it turns out at first I thought he was genuinely magic because I'm like where the hell did he go but it turns out he had just very quickly buried himself in the ground what, what is this movie I I don't know I, I don't think it knows
0: Kara what's, what's this movie <laughs>
1: I
2: um, <laughs> it's a dollar store macaroni and cheese mess.
1: Hey. That should go on the poster or the re-release of the <laughs> Blu-ray.
0: The, the Blu-ray should have that. <laughs> it's a macaroni and cheese mess. I like that. That's that's pretty fitting. Because they're interviewing her then because she runs across our ninja guy who does this thing with the sword and possesses her. Um, and then she's being interviewed And lecherous cop shows up. Okay, uh, I need somebody to explain. Carabay, you'd probably be the best to explain. what Uh (laughs) Her character, this cop is literally stalking her. Yeah. And after he arrests her for defending herself against would-be attackists slash rapists in the alley in front of a bunch of people... They go back to her place and and make it with some V eight. What? Wait, <laughs> what am I missing with this? Where? Uh, what's her motivation for? It? What? What was it? <laughs> was it the fact that she he was going to let her out the car? I <laughs> am I missing something?
2: <laughs> that seems to be the thing that changed her mind. Is. <laughs> He's like, I'm just tired of your attitude. Get out.
1: <laughs> I but just and all that. of a
2: sudden she I don't know, maybe she just likes guys that look like they're not really human. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he kind of looked like a reject from police academy.
1: Uh, he looked good like, call. He looked like a dime store mahoney. <laughs> he really did. A dime store Mahoney to go with the dollar store Mac and cheese. This there is perfect. This is
0: perfect. <laughs> now we just got to get a uh, nickel and dime in there. And
1: there you go. <laughs> I I just like that. Okay. Cause cause we're kind of jumping around, but, but there was the, uh, the, the aerobics class workout. And then after that she's leaving and she goes out the back and she sees a bunch of the guys who are in there working out and ogling the, you know, the girls in their leotards and stuff. They're, practically sexually assaulting this woman in an alley and she goes uh, our main character uh christy played by lucinda dickey uh goes and defends this woman and beats the crap out of these guys and then the cop it, like a crowd starts forming and you realize that the cop who's there in plain clothes is just standing back watching that he's not like at any point jumping in and saying look i'm a police officer cut it out and to the point where, as they're leaving, he says something like, I've got to get you out of here or else you're going to get booked for assault. I'm like, what? I, I don't think that's how the law works, buddy.
2: <laughs> yeah. Especially with all those witnesses.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Who did nothing. Who literally, yeah. I, yeah, that whole scene. I'm like, now granted, uh, you know, Lucinda Dickey, she, uh, she came from a dancing background which again here comes the shill yes the canon film guide volume 1 it does have a, a chapter and interview uh with uh the stunt coordinator who would become a staple Steven Lambert who was in Revenge of the Ninja he played the the demon steel-faced ninja uh mask at every time there was the mask on. <laughs> he played that that was him the whole time so he stunt coordinated this and he trained her how to do some uh basic martial arts stuff which, um, you know, comes through here. She actually gets to do some pretty cool. uh, uh This fight scene is actually I like this fight scene. It started to get me going. I'm like, all right, here we go. We're starting to see some of her martial arts skills, you know, from being possessed by a black ninja spirit. Um, you know, OK, that's coming through and she's starting to kick their butts. Yeah, I didn't understand the angle of, yeah, you're going to be booked with assault, though, that I'm like, that's your pickup
1: line. Really? Can we just take a sidebar here and ask um, in the Canon Film Guide, do they explain uh, why or how Lucinda Dickey, I've, I've never seen her or anything else, at least I can think of. She's in
0: Breaking 2. Uh, break-in.
1: Sorry, so. I, confession time, Mark. You're going to have to educate me on those movies, too. I've never seen the Breaking oh films. My. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Wow. We'll have to but, put that on the list. But Lucinda Dickey, like, when she shows up, I thought... Because this is 1984, so it's in line with what I'm about to say. She looked like Michael Perry from Streets of Fire, (laughs) but with Sigourney Weaver's hair from the first Alien. Wow. (laughs) Well, aren't you? But that's the thing. Like watching the entire film, I just kept thinking like how awesome this is. And I'm watching this bizarre movie hybrid character. I I couldn't get that image out of my head.
0: Well, uh, what I what I dug was the fact too of when we first see her climb the light pole. I don't think this is how it works. She just put the 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 hooks and the 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 spikes on the legs, but she didn't do the belt till after she got up to the top. I I thought they put the belt as they move up the pole. Well, you
1: you got to be safe, Mark. No. Um. <laughs> Uh, but you know, I, I I
0: I thought that the having her being a telephone uh, technician for I thought that was interesting. That's an unusual role you don't normally see for you know uh, a female character uh, who's also aerobics. There's a lot of aerobics dancing in this yeah. movie. It just struck pass? me.
1: Well, oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, sir, I was going to say to me, that's the weird part, because she's like this very fit, attractive lady. she You have these aerobic scenes, you have these dance scenes. so supposedly she's supposed to be very sexy and very attractive, but the scenes are not that interesting themselves.
0: yeah. Yeah, it's it, they, they aren't that interesting of aerobic scenes, and yes, you're right, Robert. Uh, electric pole, telephone pole. It's a big wood pole that was up there that had a bunch of wires on it
1: that she scaled. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I have an answer to the whole phone technician aerobics thing. Yeah, um, this movie came out the year after Flashdance. Ah, uh, that would explain it. Yeah, I So was instead of
2: oh. Urban Cowboy. The didn't mm. the wife have that job too?
0: Yeah uh yeah uh yeah there was another one too with the tra- Travolta and uh Jamie Lee Curtis the one that's always played on YouTube where they're they're like da- aerobics dancing but it <laughs> i don't remember the name of that it was from like score i think it was called Uh, But anyway, a lot of aerobics dancing in the mid 80s because it was so big. And we have that in here, which she must use to try to cope with her stress because she dances a lot uh, in her apartment when she's not teaching aerobics. Um, And Robert, she's got to stay fit, you know, Well, she does. Robert did say uh, Canon did have a pseudo flash dancer at Exterminator 2 uh that's true there was there was there was a pseudo flash dancer in that as well um but what I thought was interesting is we have the the cops in this town are dumb <laughs> they're so dumb because cop guy after the v eight scene which by the way apparently uh the actor who plays her boyfriend um came up with that idea on a whim because they had a v8 on a table, he, apparently, according to the interview in the Canon Film Guy Volume One by Austin Trunick, um, according to the interview in there, he wanted to do a semi nude scene with Lucinda, who said no because he said he wanted something different and a little kinky, which was a little, yeah, that, I, don't, I don't know, that was the V8. That, but that's where they got the idea. They saw the V8 on the catering table, and he said, Oh, hey okay, let's do this, and apparently Lucinda was down with it, and they made one of the most famous scenes with a beverage I would have never thought would work into some foreplay,
1: which was a V8, which... It's it's Um, 8-play. (laughs) 8-play? I... I don't. The thing is, like, I don't know which is more embarrassing, like the nudity, like doing a nude scene or doing a scene where she has an open shirt and she pours V8 down her body and he like licks it off. I uh, yeah, I don't. There, there are no good decisions. I just don't know that that was necessarily the right one. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, never mind the fact, again, this is where my confusion was in that she seemed to be putting up a front pretty much the whole time, especially after, uh, you know, he confesses he's been pretty much stalking her, you know, know, looking, looking up information on her. And he went to the aerobics, you know, it just and then all of a sudden, oh, let's go back to my place. And they, you know, they let's get it on. They get it on after the (laughs) V8. Which, yeah, Robert Palm said she could have had a V8. It brings whole new meaning to that that catch line of, I should have had a V8. Um, Well, they didn't have any Snickers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. You're perfect, Kara, because now I'm picturing this with uh, Lucinda as the ninja about to kill her boyfriend. And he goes, oh, here have a snickers and if you're bites not into yourself it. when you're hungry you're not yeah. yourself when you're hungry and she bites into it and boom she's back to be the aerobics instructor copyright yes. horror retrospective Kara will get credit for that we'll we'll do that absolutely <laughs> the
2: the character didn't seem to be very well written like she's very independent she doesn't want the guy around she's almost like a guy hater And then they go back to her apartment and then she's super clingy. Like he's kind of like, take a nap, whatever.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, maybe, Ooh, maybe this is some subtext because at this point she had had the encounter with the ninja. So maybe that was like the ninja kind of working its way into his psyche. Like maybe the ninja was really into the cop
0: Uh and this is
1: coming through uh, back in the apartment. I don't know. That's a little progressive for 84 and Canon. But well, so is uh, you know her following. Or uh, I got well, like because you mentioned Mark that he's a really kind of a creep, he is, he comes off as a creeper.
0: This whole thing.
1: yeah. The only yeah. excuse I have is this is the 80s, back before you know men being creepy was you know creepy and unacceptable, allegedly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't know, but you're right, the, the her character is it seems like they're trying to do the strong 80s you know the, the strong female character being breaking the mold until not mm-hmm. uh, and i i didn't quite get that you know it's like maybe she likes creepy guys i don't know but this guy is the most clueless cop because ninja slaughtering massive cops in the park he happens, he was there and he was there and she just happens to have a I did just a sword in her closet that she just happens to keep Oh, all hanging on the wall sometime. And I'm like, you sure you don't want to do a little more questioning with Colum- Columbo here? <laughs> it's, it's,
1: yeah. Uh, that, that's an excellent point. I, I hadn't even really put that together. Cause like my mind, my memory started eating itself. Like as this movie was going along. <laughs> um, so yeah, but he was there. It's, As we mentioned before, these movies kind of started the ninja craze in America, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like he would see a ninja sword in her closet or whatever and think, oh, well, you know, everyone's into ninjas, so why not? It's a very specific (laughs) thing to have on you.
0: Well, never mind later. She goes and he takes his girlfriend. Boy, if you want to endear yourself, I think, to your significant other, take her to get a psyche, (laughs) Val.
1: Uh, Which uh, Robert is getting to uh, one of my favorite lines. Um, (laughs) The doctor,
0: uh, yes. And that's where I was going as well. The doctor mentioned her preoccupation Mm -hmm. with Japanese culture. You're fine, except for your preoccupation for Japanese culture. Her cop boyfriend is in the room when he says this. She has a sword. Preoccupation. Blackout. You
1: missed missed the first part. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're fine, except for your exceptional extrasensory perception (laughs) and your preoccupation with Japanese culture.
0: Yeah. That just comes out of nowhere too. You're like, wait, what? She has ESP. Wait, what? Where'd the ESP thing come from now? And they never do anything more with that.
1: Um, Well, (laughs) let's just, the elephant in the room is that this movie, I, I, I don't think it. they would have had time to put all this together in the wake of Ghostbusters, but both movies came out in 84, and there is so much Ghostbusters all over this, <laughs> this movie. It's almost impressive how they recreate like the woman alone in her apartment, all the sort of weird lights and stuff levitating and, and coming out of places is amazing.
2: That never occurred to me, but I can see it, yeah.
0: Actually, I'm glad you mentioned it because I literally put in my notes – is she Zool's sister? <laughs> <laughs> I have that in my own. After the video game that she has, she has a game stand up game, which ha- Canon has their own game in this film. She's got a stand-up. So uh and it this laser. <laughs> There's a sequence where this laser comes out of the video game and scans her face. And she starts breathing heavily with the low. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. totally waiting for for a Azul to come out because she looked. she The eye makeup and the hair and the wind
1: and the lighting. I'm like, they're totally ripping off Azul of here just waiting for Rick Moranis to knock on the door asking like if uh he, should, he can borrow some peanut butter or some nonsense.
0: <laughs> I don't know, but you're right. It, it it does borrow from Ghostbusters quite a bit. Uh you know, it's it's so the boyfriend is like, "Oh, you're you're possessed by a demon." <laughs> 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 I, I I forgot where that that uh theory came from, but it was like So let's go get you. Oh, that's what it was. Since she was heavily into the ninja stuff, blacked out. She was all banged up. They're like, Oh, well, let's take you to see a a mystic buddy of mine played beautifully by one of my favorite characters. James Hong shows up in this. God bless him. Who plays the guy who's going to do an exorcism on her because he detects that the spirit of the black ninja is in this woman. And, Kara, we suddenly jump from like ninja mysticism to full on exorcist, don't we?
2: It it is. It's I I totally got that very exorcist. <laughs> but then she starts practicing gymnastics in the middle of this, just flipping and flipping and flipping. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that reminded me of the scary movie kind right. of parodies that we were talking about in the in the pre-show because when she starts doing those full-on vertical flips i was like this is like sam Raimi meets the zucker brothers i mean i don't know what i'm looking it, at but it was pretty cool
0: it was hubris yeah and then i you know she goes on full demon exorcist type of thing and it's like what and it just goes out from there and she Ah, kills more cops. Um, her <laughs> boyfriend's still kind of clueless. He, he wants to help her. Never mind, she's killed some of his coworkers. Um, How did this guy ever become a cop? I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, given the, the company that he's in, he might have been top of his class at the police academy. Um, <laughs> Robert's got a great comment down there, Mark. Uh, yeah. e- either on sneak previews or at the movies one of the critics quipped, who are you going to call Ninja Busters? I'm just amazed that the cri- the TV critics reviewed this movie back in 84. <laughs> yeah, I well,
0: you know, Canon had made big bucks off of Revenge of the Ninja, and that's why they released this one. And uh, Menachem was, was big on the, hey, I want a female ninja, which explains, thanks to the uh, description here in the book, which you definitely should pick up, folks. Um, She actually, apparently, well, it it threw me off when they said female ninja because my limited knowledge of ninja eh, from film and some literature and that, I'm like, aren't a lot of female ninjas out there? You know, at least they're, you know, I'm like, I don't know if that was allowed and sure as shit. In the book, they describe on how uh, kosugi was against a female ninja because she wouldn't be trained in the arts They women aren't ninjas so the way they got it to be acceptable was the demonic possession he was okay with a demon possessing the woman and giving her the ninja powers he was not okay with her learning the ninja powers herself
1: <laughs> so it's like look I'm totally down for like demon possession, but a female ninja, that's just science fiction. Get that shit out of my script.
0: I, I, well, you know, different times, different culture, different perspective,
1: not agreeing with it, but yeah, we can, we can call him, we can call him uh, officially chauvinist Kasugi. (laughs) I, I
0: just, but it made sense when I, the minute I heard that it was going to be a female ninja, I'm like, That explains the supernatural element because I was figuring that's the only way that they probably they felt the need to be able to explain it away rather than her just being a badass. You know, Mm. Um, (laughs) Robert said, you have to wonder if the country club groundskeepers ever wondered where they saw a guy go into a cave to put on his equipment, because, yeah, this cave with the magical items, that's what got me is our original ninja dies. She gets possessed. She decides to go on her final revenge rampage with dressing as ninja. And you've got the mystic case again with all the weapons. Again, they returned as well as the suit <laughs> in this cave that appears to be near a, not only the country club, but a temple that's badly composited into the Phoenix
1: <laughs> escape. Well, as far as the equipment, the the nearest I can tell is it's kind of like the Far East version of the Gideons, like who put yeah. the Bibles in the hotel rooms. They just like if someone takes it, they just restock it. Not yeah. a big deal.
0: And you know it, it it's it's wild that this film is coherent at all, <laughs> but it is, it is, it is coherent. <laughs> Uh, it
2: lost me in the last half of it. Truth be told, I just, I'm like, what in the world is get- going on? I checked out.
1: <laughs> I did too. I was checking like Twitter and my emails and stuff. And occasionally I'd look up and I would have to like rewind a little bit to see what I'd quote unquote missed. But uh, yeah, I'm there with you. I was, I was trailing in ways that I had not in the, like the first two Ninja movies held my attention from mm-hmm. beginning to end. This one was like, ah, sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, because they they go because we've missed our our uh, most famous guy, the guy who has linked all of these films. Show Kasugi does show up at one point as Yamada, who has a history with this dark ninja. I think based off of a couple flashbacks, which are hard to tell, but it looks like a black ninja is the reason why he's missing his eye, and he's got this really cool eye patch that's out of the hilt of a, a katana. I think it is, or of a, a ninja sword.
1: <laughs> yeah, and there there is a flashback. That's right. And the black ninja, as we're calling him, like before he threw that star into Shokasugi's eye, he killed an old man who is either his sensei or his father or something like it's a really weird moment that isn't again, no context for anything in this movie. No,
0: you, oh, go ahead, Kara. Oh, no, I didn't say anything. Sorry. No, I think it goes along with the canon, you've got to keep your film to 96 minutes or something like that, you know, between 90 and 96 minutes, because I have a feeling there's some stuff on the cutting room floor. Um, Yeah. Uh, You know, it's it's just wild, because you think about uh, them not trying to explain away her having the martial arts thing which i don't agree with i'm like she could just be a badass like it's Symphony rock you know <laughs> you know we had we had female martial artists who could be badass but uh so they explain that away so they could get kosugi they do get a fun fight at the end uh though there is a little bit of bad editing because at one point christy is is she's possessed by ninja she goes up to a door i think it was him no it wasn't her Yamada. Yamada is looking for evidence of the uh, the demonic ninja. Uh, pardon me. I, my brain jumped there for a minute. I apologize. Uh, he runs up and the door is closed to the back of the cop office. OK, I put that in quotes because it looks like the back of a school. Anyway, he goes <laughs> up. He, he sneaks into this, the, the grounds because he's going to go ke- break into the morgue and he's standing. The, the double doors are closed we cut we hard cut to the alternate scene of him coming into the building the door is suddenly open we don't see him opening the door we don't it just opens and then he comes in and he non-lethally takes out the guards and we have that wonderful moment where he's in the morgue with the two uh, uh guys who are in the morgue where he's just like come on and he knocks them out and then he yeah with the the, the jokey headbutt which, again, I don't get the tone. I'm like, is this supposed to be a little bit more action, or is this supposed to be comical? Because he takes out the two guys with the literal three stooges clunk. To-
1: Just to step back a second, but I think as far as the doors being open... Mm-hmm. I think that's just his ninja powers, because if you remember from the first, from Enter the Ninja, when Franco Nero is in that temple in the beginning, or the the dojo, uh, and he's going through the whole different, like, hand motions and stuff, explaining all the crazy shit you can do when you're officially a ninja, I think Shokasugi has just, like, evolved to that point. And I want to say, I think it's a missed opportunity that this wasn't Cho from Revenge of the Ninja. No. Who's, because when we see him get off the plane, I'm like, is that? Cho but he's got an eye patch but he has the same throwing star belt buckle yes as Cho did in the other film <laughs> and I was like what no, come on just make it him but they couldn't they couldn't make it him but why not it, I, I don't know uh, after he defeated the you know silver mask guy he could just be going around the world like maybe his son Kane is like his Alfred you know or his Oracle just like doing all the tech stuff and like you know, we've got a ninja sighting in you know <laughs> Arizona go
0: <laughs> i don't know but i mean the editing is choppy in this film but you don't the tone's all over the place and you know kosugi does get the fight at the end so at least get some kosugi action i mean you got this very talented guy but apparently he was shooting a very short-lived show uh called the master at the same time with uh van cleef and mm. so his time was limited which is why we don't get a lot of a show Kasugi action in here till the very end where he takes on the uh the black ninja which was an interesting way to get around it folks because I was trying to figure out where they were going to go with this Christy has been possessed by the black ninja the demonic ninja she took out a few cops already um the one guy that told her boyfriend pop her good which I'm just like <laughs> wow wow because they meet, the cop drives past, he meets her while out on a location and he's, he's dropping his buddy off home and then uh, as his, he's dropping his buddy off home, his buddy literally says "Popper, good. I'm like, wait, did I just hear that right? And, I re- about, and yeah, unfortunately I did. The 80s, folks. Uh, he grew up in the
2: Arch- <laughs> Archie Bunker household.
0: Yeah, in the Archie Bunker household where he plays pool by himself in his underwear. Uh, you know, I guess. Uh, but- <laughs> to which when she shows up with her ninja, you know, the ninja powers and that, I'm like, well, this is going to be a short-lived fight because it's like, okay, kick, stab, you're done, but it goes on for a few minutes. I mean, you get some cool things like crushing the cue ball and, you know, she teleports as well because there's one scene where she's on top of the, she they're on top of the pool uh, table, kicks the guy down, and when he gets up, she's already like on the opposite side of the pool table, like just boom like that
1: it's ninja powers also you notice the ninja crushed the golf ball in the opening golf sequence and when christy gets possessed she crushes the pool ball um so yeah there's some there's some kind of connective tissue there <laughs> I'm just saying there's a lot more to this movie than you're giving it credit for. I, I, I know. And and
0: Robert did say he could be wrong, but from his understanding, ninjas were masters of stealth. Nothing worse says stealth like going around wearing a hood concealing everything but your eyes. Yeah, I mean these ninjas aren't very stealthy <laughs> because especially this the guy our opening attack in broad daylight. People see him. I thought he was gonna hide from the cops, but he doesn't. And she doesn't exactly hide too well either in her ninja outfit. She's not exactly stealthy either in in her demonic ninja.
1: Well, because she's being possessed by the same guy who didn't care about stealth.
2: (laughs) That's true. (laughs) It's
0: It's consistency. (laughs) It's the same demon. He's like, yeah, I don't care. I just find another body.
1: Well, you know, there's an interesting idea in here, which is that you know the ninja like. We if they just done a couple of extra lines of dialogue or rearrange some things could have been really cool. But I liked the idea that there was the ninja who was getting revenge for these, you know, cop you know, possibly corrupt cops, takes possession of this woman and she becomes like powerful ninja and is going against these cops. But then it turns out that she's possessed, in fact, by an evil ninja who needs to get exercised. There's something you know, there, because we don't really see that that kind of like a twisty angle in these sort of, you know, movies. But, uh, yeah, just completely squandered it. And at the end, of course, possibly because Shokasugi's like, I'm not fighting a woman. Um, they have the black ninja come out, like fully manifest his body. Uh, to have this fight while Christy and Billy the cop are just like standing there with the weirdest expressions on their face. They look like they're watching a bad fireworks show (laughs) and not like a fight to the death on top of a fucking mountain involving ninjas.
0: (laughs) They were well because they do this showdown at the temple where there's suddenly these monks at this temple in Arizona in Arizona okay and she shows up and we've got Kosugi's Yamada show up and then the uh, monks split. Okay. So it's just Yamada and, uh, you know, Black Ninja. And he manages to get the spirit out of Christy and it jumps into the dead body, which he stole from the morgue for some reason to bring to the monks. I, I maybe to get the spirit back into that body. It's not ever explained, but then the monks suddenly show up again. Like because the demon ninja takes possession of their brain. uh, (laughs) And then, so Yamada fights through them Uh, again, as you said, Christy and her boyfriend just gawking in weird facial expressions and this very long fight scene, which uh, Christy does contribute to at the end. She does help with the dispatching of, of said bad guy uh, because uh, she runs him through with his own sword. Eventually. After uh, fighting Yamada for so long. Um, And then I guess the spirit's dead. Maybe. I I don't know. I really, I want to. It's funny because I'm watching this film going. There's like 10 minutes of something missing from this film. (laughs) I'd rather get that extra 10 minutes than more of the furry guy that is her boyfriend. Because that man had a lot of hair.
1: He had yeah. Robin Williams level hair.
2: He needed to get into a fight with the lawnmower.
1: <laughs> there you go. That would have been incredible. Ninja possesses the lawnmower. <laughs> she and then cop fights him. She, she she, while
0: she's possessed as a demon ninja, she pulls out shaving cream and a razor and goes, ha! <laughs> and as she fights, instead of cutting him, she's shaving him. <laughs> you
1: know. Yeah. Gillette is the best a ninja can get.
0: <laughs> Gillette is the best a ninja can get. Yes. Another product placement. There you go. Because apparently V8 did sell a lot of uh, cases of extra beverage after this movie. Supposedly. Are you are you kidding me, Mark? And that's what a- apparently, according to one source, not
1: confirmed, but. I, I was, was going to say, after watching this, I never want to drink V8 again. <laughs> that scene was just so gross. like. Oh, Robert
0: made a good point. He said, Mike the Ninja crushing the golf ball a la Odd Job and Goldfinger. And prior to that, the 007 octopusy henchman uh, crushes the dice. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a common trope in the 80s of how to show this bad guy is really a bad guy is by crushing something that supposedly is hard to crush um, in their hand. That happens actually quite a bit in the action. <laughs>
1: that reminds me of uh Ben Stiller's character in Mystery Men how he had, he had that little stress ball and he kept yeah. like squeezing it as if it was like really hard and he getting more frustrated yeah
0: <laughs> i you know it, the the film is still fun uh, don't get me wrong i still but if you're going to watch these and i think if you're going to watch these in any order i'd watch this one then Enter the Ninja, then Revenge of the Ninja. So you could end on a high note.
1: (laughs) I I would say yes. If you've seen them already, yes. Yeah. If you're new to the Ninja movies, don't start with this one because you're not going to want to watch the others if you think (laughs) that this is indicative of the other films. Honestly, here's the thing. like The first half hour, 40 minutes of this, I was thinking, all right, I need a ninja 3 pack on blu-ray immediately. Mm-hmm. By the time it was over, I was like, I need the first two ninjas <laughs> on blu-ray immediately and this could be like maybe a special feature I'll just youtube it. This
0: this did get a
1: blu-ray release. So <gasps> wait, are yeah. the, but wait, are the other ones on blu-ray too? I think so, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. Kino.
2: Uh, I I forget the studio's name. They released the first two and then Shout Factory released the third one.
1: Yeah. This uh, to to steal a line from Beanie and Cecil, this movie couldn't have been released; it had to have escaped.
0: But <laughs> well, we do have the one line too in here. Hey, James Hong said it, and like I said, folks, sorry we jumped around, but this film is just all over the place too. But he gets to say like ninjas. it like ninjas. Yeah. He gets to say it like every other film. Only a ninja can kill a ninja.
1: And I was thinking of, uh, this movie reminded me a lot of, um, not Freddy's dead, Uh, Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. Oh, sure. Like Creighton Duke says, only a Voorhees could kill a Voorhees and be reborn through a Voorhees. (laughs) Oh. Oh,
0: I think you you hurt Kara. Are you okay, Kara? The mention of (laughs) Jason Goes to Hell. No, my
2: first thought was, that's a little too Inception right there. I'm confused.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This movie needed Stephen Williams instead of Shokasugi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that would have been beautiful. That would have been beautiful. Um, as you can imagine, this film did not do well as what? the other ones. Um, it didn't so, domination the box office? No, it didn't dominate the domination the box office at all. Uh, and uh, this was the last film Shokasugi did with canon, go figure, because of some contract issues as well. Um but it did lead to eventually what we got American Ninja a few years later because they wanted to reboot the canon ninja world and so they started American Ninja with Michael Dudikoff and that just ex- took off so we know where that went to uh Dudikoff took off. Nice. Hey, look at that. Hey. <laughs> just kidding. Um Carrie, your final thoughts with this film. I know you're we a little bit all over the place today, but I mean would you would you say yes watch it with alcohol or just watch it? I mean what 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 are your final thoughts with Ninja 3 the Domination?
2: I would I would say definitely if you're if you're just having a bad film raz night, yeah, have some some alcohol, have some snacks, just have fun making fun of it. Mm-hmm. Um I can't really recommend the first two because I've never seen them. So sure. I would go left field and say just double feature it with *The House Where Evil Dwells*.
0: Oh, yeah, there you go. Or triple feature it and then just watch *House* from <laughs> the, oh. the 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 original *House*, not *House* with William Cat, but the house before. That. <laughs> By uh, I forgot the name of the director, but with the cat, with the cat and the talking. Oh yeah, floating deep decapitated head which <laughs> that film's wild as well god I love that movie
1: uh, <laughs> yeah what about you sir it's tough it's really tough I don't know if I can recommend this movie or not wow. I'm honestly torn I'm torn <laughs> well, if there's a way if there was I don't know what's on the blu-ray but if there, well Kino Lorber or no uh, Shout Factory put it out So chances are they've got some supplements. I would say if there's an audio commentary, watch it with the audio commentary because you're probably going to learn something. It'll be like educational and give you a reason to stay tuned in. Uh, That's about all I can say, because otherwise there's weird, wacky stuff all throughout this movie, but it oddly becomes kind of boring after the first 40 minutes. Whereas there's outrageous stuff in the first two Ninja movies, but they're in service of stories which are, you know, pretty amazing. I will say they uh one of the threads here is uh this movie has another hot tub death, yes. which is pretty impressive. There is a and hot very, tub death. Very cold hearted I there's one thing like if this has been a real movie, then because it's it's clear that Christy doesn't know that she's being possessed and doing all these horrible things as the ninja. She has right. no memory of these attacks. So it would been fun, well not fun, but interesting to see her have that moment of realization like wait a second i murdered a mobster or a, a, i murdered a possibly possibly corrupt cop and two women in a hot tub like in the most horrible way imaginable my god what am i
2: and i didn't even break a nail
0: mm. <laughs> mm. she didn't even break a nail yeah that was weird she was in the cop shop she uh was looking for her boyfriend and then she saw the cop come out with two ladies and they go to a spa and she yeah. and the ladies in there that was really weird the, the ladies in there they're it, it looks like it's going to be a a ménage trois with the two ladies and him and then our our, our ninja shows up she's uh, shows up and she's just standing there staring at him and it's like she just walks up and, and kisses him deeply and the two Women with them are like, well, fine, whatever. And the one's like, I'm going to leave. And the other one, no, I want to watch. He's horrible.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I wasn't the only one that thought that was weird. Like, I'm like, you're pissed at him, so you're going to stay and watch? What's Kink is very powerful. I, I, <laughs> there's something, but I mean, she, she takes them out with a ninja ring, which is cool, death. Poisons him, scratches the other, and then uh, uh, grots the other one with uh, something, uh, a rope or something. She she kills the other one. It's pretty impressive hot tub death kill. But, yeah, it's another hot tub death kill. And as Robert uh, Braun, uh, Baum put it, there was a hot tub death in tightrope. Yeah. And, yeah, that was in 84. Uh, so, I mean, well, hot tubs were big back in the mid-'80s, too. So, you know, they were key to... To scenes where you would want to dispatch people, I guess, because of what they represent. I don't know. I'm the crazy.
2: only one I can think of is the Halloween sequel. Uh, they had a hot tub scene too.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, they did. So, you know, if you want to survive, folks, don't get a hot tub and you won't get killed by ninjas or uh, serial killers or slashers. <laughs> It's a good moral, a good good. lesson to take away. Or at least, yeah, yeah. Make sure you lock the door to your hot tub. If you got it in like a gazebo or something, you'll be a little bit safer. Um, And Robert, yes, you are right. It wasn't that many years later. uh, uh, American Ninja did come out a year after this was released. Though what's interesting is Ninja 3 Domination with uh, Lucinda, it was released after the break-in movie, but it was actually filmed before. So it was really... Weird how that played out because she became a star through that film. Uh, and then they released this one. So I imagine everybody's like, Oh, let's go see this one. And they're like, What? Where's the breakdancing?
2: They knew they had a turkey and they were trying to sell tickets.
0: <laughs> I well, I don't know if I don't know if Galan and Globus ever saw their films as turkeys. I think they always just saw them as the next stepping stone to become the uh, one of the big studios, and that was kind of their uh, downfall. And Robert also said, actually, that was a therapeutic rehab tub in Halloween too. So, but by the end, it was a hot tub. It was a hot tub. So uh, there you go, tub nonetheless it there was a death and there was a tub of water and someone died there so, and it was hot but uh yeah ninja domination 3 uh ninja 3 domination definitely an odd entry you could see why they kind of wanted to restart things with american ninja and it was interesting to watch all of these back to back um i i think uh, it was you can see why people, the way they have a cult following, especially this one with all the horror elements randomly worked into it. Um, And yeah, for a short time, Canon, you know, this was when they were at their peak in the mid 80. They're like, they're big. They're, they're on the rise. They're, they're headed towards what they wanted to be. You know, uh, they were a name for a while, putting out all kinds of stuff. But as we know, uh, things take a turn, which I'm sure we will talk about next week. But before we tease that, I want to thank my panels, uh, my f- crew members here for joining me, Cara and Ian. Thank you so much. Thank you, Robert, for all the wonderful trivia tidbits and uh, those who have also tuned in live. And now this is where I give my crew the license to shill. So, Kara, uh, if you could go ahead and let people know where they can find your stuff at.
2: Uh, I'm mostly on youtube so that would be youtube forward slash horror retrospective uh the only project i have coming up right now is i'm doing a collaboration for a christmas horror story so that should hopefully be out by christmas day
0: nice that's a good that's a fun movie um so awesome uh, look forward to seeing that. you got some other great retrospective stuff on there. I've watched uh, quite a bit, uh, some insightful stuff for older horror, because uh, I think we need to look back at some of those films and like films like this uh, to appreciate what we have today. Uh, so uh, great stuff. Definitely check her uh stuff out on youtube there's a link on special mark productions for that in the friends of special mark productions uh section and ian simmons let people know where your stuff is at
1: um well i am ian simmons uh i run kicking the seat which you can find at kickseat.com uh also uh, i have a youtube channel which is you know just look up kicking the seat on youtube and uh come join us we do a weekly uh you know, reviews and interviews and roundtables um, we're actually finishing up this week a series of live streams uh, on the disney plus show hawkeye so tomorrow night or you know wednesday december 22nd i guess if you're watching this whenever you're watching it uh yeah we'll be talking about uh, hawkeye C- episode 6 at 8 30 p.m central also hopefully this time tomorrow, you'll be able to see my five billionth new series that I'm about to debut inspired by the great Mark the movie man kraczek who's always advising me to not read the comments. <laughs> I unfortunately have been getting a number of comments because people are like watching and reading my stuff. Um, it's kind of horrifying. So instead of doing individual responses, I'm just going to make a series of videos responding to my comments. So stay you, tuned for that. You
0: realize what type of Pandora's box you're opening with that. You you do you do know that, right? You're, yeah. You're you're venturing into some seriously scary territory there. So
1: I'm reading Lord of the Rings right now. I am not afraid of trolls. <laughs> nice. nice. No, it's the orcs you have to worry about. Yeah, it's the orcs. Yeah. That's, that's, I, do they, Do you call the orkin man for orcs is oh that how God. that works oh no wow. i'm just sorry i, I wow that's it, that's me I, that's that's, uh, that's a the end joke. of my show that is such a dead joke
0: right there <laughs> and i appreciate that but wow and uh i can't announce it now folks i did confirm so far we are still on track our next episode which will be our last cannon fodder episode for the year we are closing it out i know by talking about the last theatrical film released by Canon proper, which is um, American cyborg steel warrior. And we will have a special crew member in the, his house to talk with us about this film. None other than Austin Trunick, the author of this fine book, the volume one Uh, word is he's close to having finished volume two and he will be joining us here, December 26th, uh, to talk about that film. So he's going to be on here as a canon fan to talk about a movie rather than just talk about his book, though I'm sure we'll have some questions about that as well. So,
1: you know. And, and just to underscore that, Mark, that is not the usual Tuesday live stream. This is no. actually going to be Sunday, Sunday right? The 26th, Sunday night, yes. Sunday yeah. night mm-hmm. the
0: 26th. It will be uh, live as well. And we're going to be talking about that film and try to keep the conversation to that movie because it'll be very interesting to hear his thoughts and what he's found out about that movie. Because I'm very curious because I saw it in the theater. So uh, don't judge me. Yes, I did. Okay. Wow. Yes. So (laughs) with that, folks, thank you all for our live listeners and everybody who still tunes into us. It's been a great year so far. One more episode to go for 2021. And now we will just say a good night, everyone. You have been listening to a Special Mark Productions production. If you're looking for even more Spoiler Room content, head on over to our Patreon.com slash Productions site, where you can join one of our reasonably priced tiers and get access to even more exclusive content. Speaking of getting access, head on over to SpecialMarkProductions.com and click our new merchandise store link, which will take you to our store where you can get some of that sweet, sweet Spoiler Room merchandise and wear the logo of your favorite podcast. There's also Final Cut and Special Mark Productions merchandise as well. All kinds of things for all kinds of tastes. We thank you once again, and remember, in the spoiler room, the conversation is fresh, uh, but we do spoil the movies.